Welcome, everyone. Lee Henson Hasty. I'm here on Leading Theologically. I'm the Senior Director of Theological Education Funds Development at the Presbyterian Foundation. That's a collaboration with the Committee on Theological Education of the Presbyterian Church USA. And I'm here with a member, institutional member of that committee, uh, the Reverend Dr. Asa J. Lee. Um, I'm Lee, and he's Dr. Lee. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> He is, uh, he's, he's with us today. He's on the road like a good president. And, uh, but uh, thanks for being here today. Um, Asa. Lee, thank you so much. <laughs> um, just been in that chair uh, at presidency for, I guess you're making the second, the second round, uh, second turn around the sun started in June, 2021, right in the sort of middle of, of our kind of the lockdown stuff. And, and wow, I mean, what a time to start leading a seminary. So I just want to go ahead and just say thank you for saying yes uh, to that call. Um, <laughs> thank you. And um, uh, friends, uh, uh, Dr. Lee is a professor uh, as well as the president in, in theological education formation. He teaches leadership, um, African-American textual theology, spiritual formation and preaching. I encourage you to listen, especially if you haven't heard or weren't present for um, his inauguration, just a real powerful, I'll say sermon. That wasn't just an inauguration address. Um, and um, he is uh, had lots of leadership formerly at Wesley Theological Seminary. Um, he's been on podcasts. He's, he is all over the place. So please get to know him. We're going to put a link in, um, in the or I'll put it out right now and it'll be in the chat uh, toward his bio if you want to learn more and be able to get in touch and learn more about PTS as well. Um, and uh, today we'll be talking about leading with courage and curiosity. I learned from, is it, is it, it's Isaac Clark. Is that right? He's a preaching professor at the ITC. You got to have a proposition. And so right. I think we've got a proposition here. If you don't have a proposition, you don't have a sermon. A sermon. Right? That's right. That's right. And, um, you know, uh, so leading with courage and curiosity. Um, but before we get to that, I'd love to ask you something that Howard Thurman asked. Um, and, and that is about vocation is what is making you come alive, um, Dr. Lee? Well, Lee, thank you for having me, and I'm excited to be with you all uh, today. And I really appreciate Lee you wearing Pittsburgh Seminary colors and the tie. I really that's a wonderful touch. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, uh, what makes me come alive um, is sort of uh, the the continual spark in people's eyes when they learn. Mm. It's the thing I fell in love with as an educator. When I was a uh, an elementary school teacher in private schools in in Newport News, Virginia, and then when I became a public school teacher in middle schools, um, it, it that 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 mm -hmm. moment when people get it right, and mm -hmm. um, it has been the thing that I've always chased. Even now, as a as a president, um, sitting in a meeting when someone mm -hmm. gets the concept or is right. excited, it you know so. It's almost like an opioid of some respect to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, 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 my own endorphins kind of fire off right. when when someone you know says yes, I got it. That's that's perfect. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's always been my drive. It's, it's like it's like uh, I, I was went to an art museum this past weekend, and it was the conversion of Saul. It's like the scales falling from your eyes, and you that's see right. something you didn't see, and you're changed 
by that. Um, yeah, I, I, that's absolutely. beautiful. It's an aha, but it's 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 even deeper than that. Yeah. Um, that's that's a beautiful beautiful thing. Um, well, and I have to say, I had that experience with your inauguration sermon when mm. um, I don't know why I'd never thought about this. You preached on Luke five um, mm -hmm. about the calling of 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 the disciples. They were fishing. Right. Um, and, and it was in a not very productive fishing experience. <laughs> and uh, Jesus invites him to go to deeper water and mm -hmm. toss their nets on the other yeah, side. Right. Yeah. And and I mean, I've heard so many. I preached that text. I can't how many times. But what you got me with. I, and so I'm, I'm going to thank you for that spark you gave me was you said. And what who could believe that a son of a carpenter, you know, a carpenter would be telling the fishermen how to fish, right? Better, right? Better, right? It's one thing to tell them better, how to right? fish, but if you want to really catch something, the carpenter says, fish on yeah. the other side. Yeah, I didn't see that. I didn't see that coming. I mean, I think that's that's beautiful. It's, it's really helpful. And I mean, you know, you go in to talk so beautifully about following Jesus, right? This is this is sort of at the center of our center of our call for sure. Well, um, what is it? Where do you that that creative moment um, must be what you're talking about when you're talking about leading with curiosity and and probably there's some courage in there. You have to go to some places. T tell us a little bit about that sort of creativity and and teaching experience where that happens. Yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm currently in Charleston, South Carolina, where we have a cohort of doctoral ministry students meeting right now. And um, without going into too much detail, you know, here I am. I'm their professor this these next two weeks. And but the topic, the 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 theme is really sort of leading with risk, learning learning to take risks as a leader, um, and being willing to kind of lead the kind of change that our congregations, our communities. Um, our presbyteries, you know, that are that 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 they need for revitalization, and so for me, one of the one of the big passions I have as in leadership is um, courageousness, right? Being mm -hmm. being willing to to muster the confidence and the capacity to 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 take risks to be to to go out there, and so you know, if I were to define courage, we've been talking about courage all week. Um, three it things. Courage. It takes courage to take risk, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. And and so curiosity, you know, just quick word about that. Curiosity is a way to build courage. We don't think about it that way, but but mm -hmm. getting curious about the problems we're facing, getting curious about what's over the horizon, is is sometimes the the courageous thing to do. To ask the question mm -hmm. that nobody's willing to ask. But courage is three things. I think it's it's an instinct. Mm. It's it's a it's a it's capacity, and it's faith, right? Um, if it's if it's you know if it's instinct, right? Instinct, you know, can be accumulated, acculturated, conditioned. Those of us who have pets know, <laughs> particularly if you have dogs, mm -hmm. you know, training them is about changing their instinct, right? right. And so you know, being able to build the instinct. Uh, to react is courage, right? And specifically when that reaction requires you to take risks. Mm -hmm. So it's, I think it's a myth to say that um, 
courage can't be taught. Okay. All right. I think I think I think courage can be taught. Mm -hmm. um, if you if you don't believe me, ask any soldier, uh, <laughs> right. ask any firefighter, ask any police officer. Their training right. mm -hmm. is designed to build up them in them instinct to take an action. You're you're making me think of the Highlander School, you know, um, where the civil rights activists. I mean, yes, they they learned and this is what they were teaching them. I mean, to sort of counter what they would, that you know. To, to do something different than what was expected, I guess. I mean, yeah, that's that's free. That freedom schools themselves were designed for that very purpose, mm -hmm. right? To mm -hmm. to to build up an instinct to charge in when our natural instinct is to pull away. But it's also right. capacity building. Courage mm -hmm. is is takes effort, which means you know there's sometimes where you feel compelled to do the thing, and there are other times where you're scared and you don't mm -hmm. want to do the thing, mm -hmm. right? So how do you replenish the capacity? to be confident, to lead, to take mm -hmm. action. And how, if you're mm -hmm. leading a thing, how do you make sure that you're doing it? But then lastly, you know, as Christians, and I've used this when I've trained secular leaders, courage is a faithful act, mm. right? Um, you in Commitment to something bigger than you, right? <laughs> well, and not just something bigger than you, it's something that you can't see. Like the evidence mm. suggests right. in front of you. All right. Not to do the thing, right? If you go right. up that hill, you're going to die, right? right? But you still take the action, right? Mm -hmm. For business leaders who are not necessarily Christian, it's the idea that, you know, you invested in some things and the evidence told you not to do it, <laughs> but you did it anyway, right? It's not faith in God, but it's faith in whatever you've got, right? So it's an exercise of faith. Those of us who are Christian, this is absolutely at the heart of what it means to be faithful, mm -hmm. um, to, to take the act in spite of, um, what people say, because you believe there's something greater at stake. So, you know, understanding courage in these these ways means we can take the opportunity to actually unpack it, mm -hmm. dissect it, be be a part of conversations and, and, and pick it apart. Are there places or practices that uh, you mentioned freedom schools, but you're you're doing this D-Men cohort. That sounds like a place. I mean, where you can sort of increase that kind of capacity and and um, imagination and the curiosity and imagine are there things to do there i mean there are listeners i know and and welcome jonathan david lawrence looks like it's a, a pts wonderful <laughs> uh from buffalo teaching in buffalo um now um what are some things people can do to to um to sort of be, be ready when, when the when the moment calls <laughs> so to speak yeah i mean so you don't need to go climb a mountain to be courageous. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right? Um, <laughs> courage is sometimes a daily act, mm -hmm. right? And it's, it is as the way you build that capacity is by exercising it in the small ways, right? So mm -hmm. it, sometimes that courage is having a phone call with mm -hmm. the loved one that you've been mm -hmm. delaying for a long time, mm -hmm. um, you know, but you got to have the conversation. You know, mm -hmm. I think one sometimes the most courageous thing is to admit to failure, mm -hmm. right? Or that you cannot do, right? And so mm -hmm. I think there are many ways in which courage is um, an ongoing, consistent opportunity for us instead of, you know, the image, you know, I used in this class the image of the revolutionary soldiers in the columns, mm -hmm. right? And, mm -hmm. and, and I had a military leader describe that courage in that day was 
not getting shot by the guy behind you for dereliction of duty. Oh, wow. Right. right? <laughs> because the second the second line there behind the first one was to make sure the first line did what they're supposed to do. And right. if you didn't do it, you got shot. And so courage in that context is very different. And the problem we often have is we only see courage in that way instead of in the small actions and the small conversations mm. in intimate moments, which are sometimes it's, it takes a parent. Um, it takes mm. a lot of courage for a parent to have a hard conversation with a child. Right. Right. Robbie Phillips is, is just putting an exclamation point here saying religious elite, religious oh, leaders yeah. need to be boldly courageous, not for the faint of heart. I think he's just putting a maybe two exclamation points on what you, you had to say there. Absolutely. Um, and that's my uh, and that that is sort of my um, that's my band. That's my jam, as as some people say, mm -hmm. courage, courage. What we lack in our congregational lives, perhaps in our political lives, um, in our shared lives together. Is often the, the kind of courage that leads us to then have conversations that should make us curious. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Robin Sakula is saying courage. I think she's quoting you as sometimes yeah. a daily act. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, and it feels that I, I tell you what, I don't know if it's the current context or what's going on. Uh, this feels all the more relevant. And, and I'm not sure why I'm saying that. Maybe you can help me. You, you're giving me an uh-huh, but I don't, why do you think so? Well, I think because, um, you know some some of the other c words we've been using uh in in right. uh this class and in the con in 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 um in discussion is confrontation mm. and conflict right um you know it takes courage to to engage mm -hmm. and confront uh mm -hmm. not just people i mean because we always think of it as people but issues right confronting right uh, mm -hmm. in certain denominations where there is um, difficult conversations happening or no conversations happening at all, right? You've got to confront. It should be. It should be happening. It should be happening. Um, in our congregational life, being able to um, uh, lead the congregation to have conver hard conversations mm -hmm. with itself, right, um, mm -hmm. that don't have to eventuate in conflict. They just right. are confronting realities. And the problem is we are scared of both conflict and confrontation so then we're not courageous right well and i've always felt like you know i guess i go back to genesis like the chaotic moment of creation as it's told in genesis that this is also a um that chaotic moment is is a creative moment i mean the you know and and those points of conflict um and confrontation there that's people want to steer clear back away from those versus move into and live in that and because there, there's where some of that creativity can happen i feel like is that we what are, i feel like that's we, what you're saying yeah i mean the typology for the way we deal with this in leadership is god and cain mm. not cain and abel because abel is is irrelevant in the conversation he dies right it's really <laughs> god and cain right okay had god had cain confronted god about his feelings right Right. Because, I mean, you, we know the story. Right. God, you know, Cain's offerings are never quite up to, to right. snuff. Right. And Abel's offerings are always accepted. Right. And what's underneath the narrative is Cain's upset about something. 
Right. And right. God even invites the conversation. Is there something you want to talk to me about? Yeah. Right. I mean, your, your countenance is falling. And Cain's response is avoidance. Yeah. Right. right. And so then what does he do? He ends mm. up being in open conflict with his brother. Mm. Mm-hmm. And the reality is many of us avoid for for, for lack of courage, in my opinion, right. the kinds of things that we should be able to 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 be talking about because we are leaders and I, and the challenge we have is as leaders we're really responsible for doing that kind of work mm-hmm. um yeah it feels like that's and you were mentioning parenting i know you um this is something you 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 it is a daily act with four dot four daughters right i, I have right. one right. <laughs> but uh uh I, I know you have a partner in this you're not alone but uh Amen. it's and it, I would feel like it, it happens in family systems the other way too. I mean, like with with our parents as they age, especially. I mean, having that, and with our siblings. I mean, this goes all different directions, um, and those are places to practice. Why is this important for the church? Why do you mm. think this is important for the church? Let's not assume we know. Why do you think this is important for church and religious leaders? So I, I think it is essential uh, for. Mm-hmm congregational leaders, church leaders, because uh, if we keep saying people need to change, congregations need to change, if if, if the church needs to, um, you know, propagate the gospel, if that's, you know, if that's your issue in the congregation, which I think it is the church's mission to do so, but to provide service and folks don't want to do that, right? We, we, we are, churches and religious entities are aggregations of people who make up their mm-hmm. own mind about what it is they want to or not to do. And so definitive leadership, courageous leadership mm-hmm. means we wade into the challenging issues and remind them of the mandate of the gospel on our lives. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is the courageous act. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people don't like us when we preach um, the gospel that requires us to do things that we don't want to do. Mm-hmm, right? right. We have to love our neighbor, but I don't like my neighbor and a neighbor bothers me and I don't want my neighbor close to me. But the mandate is love your neighbor. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, feed the hungry. Right. The, these these are mandates that the gospel puts on us. Forgive right. as you've right. been forgiven. It's and, clear. It's clear. <laughs> and so courage means you look people in the face and you say these things and they right. rubs us the wrong way. Right. It's so the, the phrase I always heard is like comfort the afflicted, but afflict the comfortable. I mean, this, this is what you're, that afflict the comfortable side of the gospel message is, is really important. We're, 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 we're not called and healed and all those things just for nothing. Right. I mean, there's, there's a, there is definitely a mission. You just use the word neighbor. And I, I know you use this uh, more than once and it, mm-hmm. it makes sense uh, being from Pittsburgh theological seminary for those who don't know, this was uh, where our, our good friend, I have a little icon. I shouldn't have these in the Presbyterian Church, but um, <laughs> that's right. Where, where uh, yep. Fred Rogers is a graduate of and, and what a what a pr- prophet he was for his own time. Um, certainly. Let, let's talk about the, the neighbor neighborhood. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you when you say that in your neighbors, um, you know, everybody has something that comes to mind. What comes to mind for you? Uh, opportunity, uh, mm-hmm. the, 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 
neighbor, the way that Jesus defines and redefines neighbor, right? And, and let me let me pause there and say, Jesus is really redefining neighbor. Neighbor mm -hmm. is actually defined in the Old Testament, right? So there is a construct of neighbor mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. found in the in the the priestly codes in Leviticus and in in uh, Deuteronomy. What Jesus, in, in fact, we see it in the gospel, which is why the question comes up, right? Who is my neighbor? Do you really know what you're talking about, Jesus? Mm -hmm. Jesus says, "Yeah, well, let me give it back to you." Mm -hmm. Right? This is. Let me tell you a parable. Let me let me show you. And, mm -hmm. and the doors are thrown open about what a neighbor is. It becomes a relativized concept. Mm -hmm. Whoever is in proximity, both locally and beyond, whoever impacts me, right? Whoever mm -hmm. engages me mm -hmm. um, is, is my neighbor. And therefore, I am responding in a certain kind of way. Man, that becomes hard. That just, that just makes it. It's not just people you know their name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and therefore, my neighborhood looks very different. Right. right. The neighborhood yeah. construction changed everything. And and Pittsburgh is a city of neighborhoods for those who don't know. Mm -hmm. Right. So there are 89 neighborhoods, uh, 90 if you include Mr. Rogers neighborhood. Um, <laughs> right. and, so, and so neighbor is not just a theological concept. It is a it is a very particular mm -hmm. urbanized uh, um, sociological concept. Mm -hmm. And so putting those in conversation means that we've got to wrestle with what we want versus, um, you know, mm -hmm. what the gospel requires of us when it comes to being neighborly. You're getting a lot of folks thanking you for lifting up this uh, concept of courageous leadership from the gospel, not just um, mm -hmm. uh, Robbie Phillips is asking, how do we how can we best support each other as we sort of do this work? Um, I think it's a great question because it is. he's saying we need each other. There's power in numbers. Um, it's not something you do alone. Maybe sometimes you do it alone, but um, how do we best support each other? How would you answer that good question? Yeah. So I think um, we who have to lead organizations need to realize that all of us are in various, are all in the same boat, some version of the same kind of uh, challenge. And so recognizing one, we need to trust each other, mm -hmm. right? We're not in competition and we need to build deep relationships of support. Um, and so whether that is, you know, if you serve in a small town and the Methodist pastor, the Presbyterian, you're the Presbyterian pastor, but there's a Methodist church, Lutheran church, and, um, you know, a Baptist church, you know, mm -hmm. can you set the theological issues aside for the moment? Mm-hmm. And the denominational right. distinctiveness and recognize that all of us, all of us main lines are struggling and we got the right. same problem. Now, just it may be manifest differently in polity, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but man, my people fight just like your people. Right. It's that right. kind of that kind of um, uh, support is really important. You know, I, I have a good friend in, in, in Pittsburgh who's a, a rabbinical leader. Mm -hmm. And when we start talking about he, he's always curious about what the Christian church is facing. But when I start describing some of the things that are happening in terms of mainline decline and all that kind of stuff, he says, oh, synagogues are facing the same problem. Right. Maybe we can talk <laughs> to each other about what, what do you do with this? Right. And it's not it doesn't matter what the theology is. It's, mm -hmm. a, you know, how we find the solutions is in our theological uh, mm -hmm. battle. It's unique to our theological confessions. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the problems we're facing, you know, we, we've got to we've got to get together on these things. 
this, um, Jennifer Ring, who's uh, uh, looks like she's a s second career seminarian at Princeton, um, points out it's interesting we're talking about this with a I guess so revised kind of lectionary has uh, the Beatitudes. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> coming up. Um, That's funny. This this may preach, y'all. <laughs> preachers, I know the preachers are always looking. Thanks for that contribution, uh, Jennifer. Yeah. Um, really appreciate you and, and and blessings on your journey. Others, thanks for being here. Glad to have you. Um, we're here just about every other Tuesday. Um, uh, please do subscribe and review the podcast. It's wherever you get your podcast um, or we're obviously on YouTube, Facebook, um, and uh, LinkedIn. If you want to try to find us there um, as well, you can re-listen to episodes. Um, almost 60 guests. I'm in my third season. I can't believe this. Um, and uh, But the first time to have uh, Dr. Lee, we had your colleague uh, Hunter Farrell here. And oh, yeah. yeah. Drew, um, not Drew Turner. Um, the Drew, Urban, Smith. Drew Smith. Um, that mm -hmm. was a great. He's really doing this kind of work, you know, about neighborhoods. That's for sure. Uh, and Hunter too, and with the, with the World Mission Initiative. Um, what's going on at PTS that we 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 haven't heard about? We haven't even gotten to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, we we are. I think one of the latest things that has rolled out is uh, sort of a new way to um, uh, experience our master's curriculum. We are now adding in the rotation a committed and dedicated sort of hybrid uh, option for all of our students. So we'll keep wow. our residential uh, program intact, but we're calling it sort of um, theological education in your neighborhood. So okay. you can be anywhere and you, <laughs> you, know, you can take online courses um, beginning this fall. And what you will do is you need to be the, you still need to come to campus for four intensives, like an academic year, two in the fall, mm -hmm. two in the spring. And you'd come in and you experience the curriculum, you experience the community, you experience Pittsburgh, but then you can return to your, you know, New Mexico or California or Arizona or, or Australia Texas or Australia. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and, and you could be a part of the PTS community, but also mm -hmm. you'd be bringing PTS to your community yeah, right. and be able to do that. And so you can do your entire curriculum um, where you are with the occasional commute to, to PTS. And that, 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 that's huge. Yes. Is that all the degree programs or particular programs? All of the master's programs. Master programs. Okay. Yeah. So, so there's the I mean, doctoral, doctoral work is already intensive. Right. So you already have that going on, but, but, but the master's program will be launching this fall with, um, with this new this new approach so their master's divinity that's sort of the the pastoral one of the main pastoral tracks what other master's degrees are you offering master's theological studies which is mts and a master's right. of arts degree which you can okay. kind of hone in um in specific ways okay and we still have our certificate programs graduate certificate in urban ministry uh certificate in in adaptive and innovative ministry and we actually just launched this fall of uh, this this uh spring next week will be our certificate in missional leadership that Hunter Farrell, who you just mentioned. Oh, beautiful. Will be, will be yeah. Beautiful. Gosh, friends get to know, uh, PTS, Pittsburgh Theological Seminary. There's two PTSs in the Presbyterian Seminary world. Although this is the PTS.edu. So that's right. right? We, we have it. We have it. PTS.edu. <laughs> uh, so, uh, that's, that's a lot. Friends, thanks again for being here. We're going to wrap up here pretty soon, but if there are questions you have, feel free to share them in the chat. We'd love to hear them. I'm hearing shout outs, uh, Philip, um, uh, pastor, uh, 
is saying the adaptive and innovative certificate is yeah, excellent. Right. So yeah. three, Woodbury, three New Jersey. Points. That's right. Yeah. Wonderful. He's 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 part of the bow tie. Uh, yeah. You know, bow tie. Presbyterians for bow tie renewal. You know him. Okay. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. I know Philip. Good to see you, man. Good to see y'all. Thanks, everybody. Glenn Bell, thank you for being here, Jennifer. Yeah, good others. to see you. Yeah. Um, um, we're, I'd love for you to offer a benediction in a moment, if you would, to us a charge um, as we go. Um, but let me let me first say that uh, we'll be back in just a couple of weeks um, with my friend from California, uh, Portola Valley uh, Presbyterian Church, Valley Presbyterian in Portola Valley, Jennifer Warner. Um, just such a grounded, I almost have to pause, you know, there's a breath when I talk about Jenny, because she's just such a grounded spiritual person, but also um, such a strategic thinker. And so we'll be talking about sp spiritual and strategic leadership um, with, with Jenny. And then um, coming up the rest of the, the year uh, um, is uh, William Wu, who teaches at um, Columbia Theological Seminary, his new book about Presbyterians um and slavery uh you know mm. diving and confronting some issues right that we need to confront yep. um yep. amy moiso from the louisville institute on march 29th um will be with us uh may 17th raj nadella also from columbia talking about um the book that's in process uh post-colonialism in the bible that he is he is co-writing um also just a, the post-colonial biblical work. I don't know what you think, Asa, but I, I feel like it's so helpful to this, you know, um, uh, to seeing some, some, the, the scripture sort of in a, from a totally new perspective. So, um, it's curious and it's courageous work. Absolutely. And it's so important. Um, but thanks again. What a gift, let me say before you offer, what a gift you are, um, to not only the Pres Pittsburgh Theological Seminary, but to the Presbyterian Church, to the church broadly, um, to, to your students directly, um, but to all of us indirectly and today for, for joining us. Uh, what a gift. And many thanks also to your family and your, and your uh, girls and, um, and uh, blessings on you as, you as you live out this call. Thanks for dropping your full net <laughs> and picking up another net to do some different <laughs> things um, with this call. Um, it's, it's, it's a true gift. And I look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks, uh, hopefully, at the Committee on Theological Education. Louisville, yeah, would, you, <laughs> would you bless us, please? Absolutely. Thank you, Lee. I offer uh, a, a brief prayer from uh, the Lutheran tradition, which is the prayer of good courage. Okay. Uh, uh, from E. Milner White and G.W. Briggs. It says, join me in prayer. Lord God, you have called your servants to ventures of which we cannot see the ending. Hmm. By paths as yet untrod through perils unknown. Mm. Give us faith to go out with courage, not knowing where we go, but only that your hand is leading us and your love supporting us. Mm. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thanks again and uh, peace be with everyone. Um, stay safe. Thank you. Take care.